We brought you damn good beer. Now we're delivering to you damn good beef. So damn good that you can now get Wagyu beef at the DNBR bar. That's right. We couldn't resist putting this damn good beef in the bar. So you all can now come down, build your own delicious Hassle Cattle Wagyu beef burger at all the toppings you want and enjoy the watch parties with the finest beef. Hassle Cattle is now offering DNBR listeners a buy free, get one free on their flank steaks. These delicious steaks are lean and very flavorful. They should be thinly sliced against the grain when carving, an ideal choice if you're looking to marinate. These steaks are super affordable, they're actually under $10, and now you can buy three and get one free on top of that. Use code DNBR space blank, oh wait, maybe there's no plenty, or space, uh, at checkout. That's D-N-B-R-F-L-A-N-K at checkout for your buy three, get one free. Uh, you can still use that DNBR 10 code for 10% off your entire order. And uh, you should definitely be using that as well. Uh, Hassle Cattle Company, for those who don't know, is the best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. They're fourth-generation California, Texas. They ship all over the United States to other countries, basically anywhere, and it'll just come straight to your door. Uh, they call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu um, because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. They've won all sorts of awards. They have a whole bunch of different products, all of them grown with zero antibiotics and hormones. So head to hasslecattlecompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L cattlecompany.com. Use the promo code DNVR10 for 10% off your order or use the code DNVR flank to get buy three, get one free deals on already affordable flank steaks from Hassle Cattle Company. Pew, 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 pew. What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Draft Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Justin Michael. I'm here with Hank. I'm here with Jake. And I'm here with Dre. We are talking 2022. 2021 is in the rear view. Sort of. We'll always keep talking about it. But it's time to focus on the future. It's time to start thinking about college football. I, for one, could not be more excited. This is this is what I live for. This it really doesn't get any better than this. Guys, it's been a long week for all of us. We know this, but let's talk a little bit of football. I'm just pumped. Like, how, how are you guys feeling right now, football-wise? I mean, are you in that that zone where it feels like football's right around the corner, or is it still that kind of lull summer part where it just kind of drags on? It's like, ah, you know, we still got like 100 days. The, the like, June 2nd thing coming up makes it feel like there's at least something happening. Like, like at least, like, we know we're a week away from potentially an Aaron Rodgers deal. And if not that, like, some, some juicy move on. So, so that's what I'm feeling. Like, the actual games still feels a ways away. But it's nice to have, like, a date that's been circled for a couple of months now getting closer. It's true that it does feel like summer. It's like college football preview time. You start to get into that old tape. You start to get excited and dream on guys. It's it's true. I've got some Heisman odds right here propped up, ready for us. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. You do start to get excited about it right about now. Getting excited, but I, again, I think we're uh, just about mm-hmm. to hit the actual dog days yeah. where we really start to feel the pain of the offseason. So uh, as we welcome that sad but... Uh, usual yearly pain we're here to kind of ease it with some 2022 draft talk which is exciting that's how to dive into the classic games though you know like when you're on mm-hmm. pac 12 network or whatever big 10 network and it's you know 
Nebraska versus Miami in, in 86 or something like and that. That's a completely random one. I have no idea if that was even a real game, but you know what I mean? Miami, Ohio State or something like that. And I'm just like, all right, it's football time. I don't even care if I know the outcome. I'll watch the Alabama National Championships where you know he's going to hit the Hail Mary, and I'm, I still get excited every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's it's I mean, the college football season's kind of short. Like we dream on it a lot more. It's criminally short. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it's crazy. So, I mean, for guys like us, where that's what our year revolves around, (laughs) kind of with you, Justin. (laughs) So we're doing rivaling top tens, which in this class is super fun exercise because, again, like anyone west of the Mississippi probably played at most six games last year. Um, There were holdouts, so we didn't always see everyone play against the tippy top competition. I think going into a season, this is the class we know the least about. So I think this is going to be a super fun exercise. My question for you, fellas, is do we start 10 moving on up or one moving on down to intro the class with the top dogs? I think we got to go 10 down to build the suspense. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Wow. Okay. Tease him a little bit. Drum roll, please. Who wants to start us off? Justin, you're you're Johnson for college football. Why don't you start us off with your 10th prospect here? All right, I'll start us off. Uh, starting at number 10, I have edge rusher Drake Jackson at a USC, mm. a guy who, I'll be honest, there are times he kind of disappears a little bit, but I think he has the potential to be a really successful edge rusher. I like his versatility. I like his athleticism. Again, I think this season is going to be very important for him and a lot of the guys out of the Pac-12 because we just we didn't get to see a whole lot of them playing against quality competition. That is going to hurt them. But I'm, I'm pretty big on Drake Jackson, and I'm curious to see what Hank has to say on him. Yeah, he's one, like, I think he's listed like 6'4", 255. And you see that, and you're like, really? Is, is that it? Because he plays bigger. And, and that's the thing about him. You mentioned he's versatile. Like, like he can run around guys. He can push guys around. Like, I, I, I really, really like him. Um, he didn't make it into my top 10. Uh, he was in the discussion, though, for number 10. He was the first one out. He's my number 11. And I, I think he's definitely worthy of being up there. Who's your 10th then, Hank? I've got, uh, I've got to Marvin Leal, the defensive tackle from Texas A&M. Mm. And, and that's what made it so tough is that it's like interior guy, guy who's more the edge rusher. And uh, honestly... Yeah. I was worried about being a little bit too much of a hover and, and in hindsight, like that may have played too much of a factor in this, but yeah, I, I don't think you can go wrong either way. Just like a, a big dude who's stout in the middle can play the run can, can get after the quarterback a little bit. Um, just, just a great athlete for how big he is. Yeah. His balance is impressive. He's a guy who maybe left me wanting for more as far as dynamic traits, bull rush, first step quickness. Um, but he's got such a wide base. He just never gets knocked down and he's got a decent motor in pursuit. So he'll just like keep coming, coming, coming. And sooner or later, you can't block him anymore. And That's what I love about races. him for how big he is, man. He's relentless. There are a couple of plays where it's like running backs trying to get to the edge and you see him kind of tackle them before they get to the outside. And it's just like, Good Lord, somebody that big should not be that nimble. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Jake. Uh, let's let Jake go first. 
Um, I feel like I got to mention 11 just because I kind of had a tie for 10th. Um, I put uh, Evan Neal, the tackle out of Alabama, just because he's absolutely massive. Mm. And seeing these huge human beings just move the way they do and operate at that size is always impressive to me. But I put Justin Ross there uh, just because a guy that was opted out or not opted out, Mm. but had surgery and was not able to play career actually in jeopardy from said surgery. So just going to be very cool to see him back on the field. Um, Just hopefully seeing that talent that we saw pop so much when he was a freshman uh, at Clemson. So just excited to see him back on the field. I I mean, shoot, he's maybe a forgotten man in my rankings to some extent because he's been on the radar so long. Um, That's a good one. I'm going with Christopher Allen, the edge rusher out of Alabama. Just looks like a grown man to me. Um, Double digit tackles for a loss, five plus sacks. You know, Um, he's got the size. We got to see, you know, I I got on Hank about Leal with the dynamic traits. I think you could say, say the same thing about Allen to some extent. Um, but you know, but all the guys you mentioned very much in the mix, um, he's just got a good position of like premier traits already kind of high floor, but still some, some upside left. Uh, so yeah, I just went with him over some other guys at the edge spot, but I mean, as we said off air, the, the 10th spot was like a 30 deep conversation. Um, and again, it's so wide open. Some of these guys won't go, might not even go in the first two days of the draft in a year. Um, and we might look like geniuses on some of these others. So let's go with the ninth prospect then on our boards um, and see if we can manage a no consensus. Henry, you start us off on the ninth here. Yeah, so this is my top 10. I, I'm, I'm wondering how it's going to be received by you guys. I'm not going to give away exactly why, but number nine, though, Jaden Daniels, quarterback from Arizona State, just so dynamic. Wow. The, the upside's there. You know, there's there. You still need to see more of like the, the like working things underneath. Uh, but but what really hurt him is that they only played like three, four games last year. And when they yeah. did play like first time, I think he outdueled Keaton Slovis. And then he did. You, you keep moving forward. He dropped 70 in another game like. If they had played a full season, I think everybody's talking about Jaden Daniels right now. He's so dynamic. I think, I think he's the best runner of of these old top quarterbacks, and that's saying something because there are some good ones that are up there. And he just has such a big arm, and, and everything else I think is coachable in the way that the teams approach the draft right now. He has the traits that they're looking for. Mm. I didn't see that one coming at all, but I love it. He's just a guy I didn't think about, but I mean, you're right. It, it's. It's so weird with so many of these guys playing three games. It's hard because yep. he dropped 70 on Arizona, who is god-awful. <laughs> god-awful. Like, Mountain West teams would have dropped 50 on Arizona last fall. But he's he's damn intriguing, man. I, between him and Malik Willis and Howell and all these guys, there's a lot of just really intriguing guys that can improvise, run around a little bit. He's long and skinny. I just – I need to see him run away with ease more, you know, I just need to see it more. He can do it. I just need it confirmed um, because part of me does worry that he'll like break in half. He's so skinny. Um, but I love it, Hank. I, I kind of knew that was coming. Um, yeah, we haven't talked about that any of these. So the surprise here is genuine. We'll go kind of reverse order of what we did with 10. 
Jake, who you got at nine? At number nine, I have Aiden Hutchinson, the edge mm. out of Michigan, a guy that is extremely long, uh, big, 6'6", 269. It's, he's listed at. Only played two games last year. And just overall, a very weird season for Michigan, not only because of the pandemic, um, but just a lot going on because of the Big Ten deciding to play football or not. And having only played two games, I mean, you kind of saw the flashes last year. But again, you just want to see more. Uh, so it's good to see him coming back. I mean, I would have understood if he declared, uh, but I definitely understand him coming back also. He had a big 2019 um, 10 tackles for, I guess not really big, but 10 tackles for loss, mm -hmm. three and a half sacks. You really saw the talent and kind of putting it all together. So it's, it'll be fun to see if he's able to actually get back to that form and actually really improve and become one of these top five consensus edges in this class. Love it. I will give my thoughts on him a little later in the podcast. I, I knew um, that was coming. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the first one. That's also in my top 10, though. So it's taken oh. a minute, and I love that. Uh, Justin, go ahead. I've got Spencer Rattler, Oklahoma mm. quarterback, number mm. nine. And I get, I think he's going to be a lot higher on a lot of people's lists around the country, and I understand it. Yeah. He has every physical trait that you could want in a quarterback. He's big, he's strong, he's mobile, he's athletic. I also kind of really fucking hate his game. Mm. He's really hard to watch. His decision-making is very questionable at best. There are a lot of quarterbacks I actually like a lot more in this, like even Karsten Strong out of Nevada. I'm intrigued by Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. I think they all play the position better than Rattler does, but he's got all of these traits. You know that people are going to fall in love with him. You know he's going to be a top pick. And again, you know he was young, so I, I think I have to give him more of an opportunity to play another season give him a chance to grow. But to me, you know, he, he needs to show a lot of improvement when it comes to reading defenses, decision-making. He's got a little bit of Drew Locke in him where he just, he won't take the check down. Like, he just forces everything. Uh, Yeah, you squint. There's some uh, Zach Wilson, Johnny Manziel to his game too. Um, mm -hmm. That's what's so intriguing, the off-platform quick stuff. Um, But yeah, you're right. He's not in my top. Wide open quarterback class. We can talk about a lot of that. Um, I'm going with my top wide receiver, Garrett Wilson. Uh, actually, my top two wide receivers are both out of Ohio State. Wilson, the more dynamic of the two, while Chris Olave has certainly been more productive, more of a beast at the catch point. It'll be an interesting class of wide receivers to start seeing if the NFL is so loaded at the position with young wideouts where the, the position actually gets devalued. But I think guys like Wilson with those dynamic traits, a bit Kadarius Tony-esque, and you can play him in the slot outside, um, just like a jitterbug. Uh, I think he could really explode this year at Ohio State. So he's my ninth best prospect. I had him uh, at 11, so we're right around the, the same thinking there. Yeah, that right. Ohio State offense is going to be fun. No kidding. Uh, the O-line's going to still have some talent. Yeah, that's going to be an exciting one. Um, all right, let's uh, let's we'll do two more, and we'll save uh, the final six for the final two seconds. We'll break it down like that. So let's go with the eighth spot. Whoever's whoever's feeling hot. I went to Hank on the last one because he had a real grin on his on his face about his. I'm really excited to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. 
I've got Evan Neal at eight, who Jake's already brought up. Um, oh, right. Expected right. to be the starting left tackle, massive frame, just mauls dude downfield. He is, you know, sliding over from guard to tackle. So you want to see how that transition plays out. But I just think he has all the raw skills. And honestly, this tackle class doesn't excite me a whole lot yet. So I think he's just one of those guys who's going to see his draft stock continue to rise. One, from the Alabama pedigree. And two, just because he has that absurd size and, you know, raw agility. He is impressive. Um, Jake, would you like to go next? I would absolutely love to because my number eight player is Mr. Phil Dracovic, quarterback Whoa. out of BC. I I think BC is going to be really good, man. I want I just want to take this opportunity to talk about BC because I think they've got a lot going for them. Uh, they've got two major prospects on the offensive line. Uh, they got a running back and receiver that were really nice last year and are going to be coming back. Uh, that should help carry that team. And Dracovic didn't get to finish the, the season in the final game against Virginia, uh, but he played the other 10 games and really flashed at times. A guy that has a massive arm was just bombing footballs down the field. So fun to watch. Um, I'm really excited to watch BC this year though. You know, I talked a lot about North Carolina last year as kind of one of my favorite teams. And I think BC could definitely be that for me this year. Yeah. And I mean, Djokovic has been your guy and you hear a name like that from BC, you might not think he's got the mobility he has, um, but he does that offense is intriguing. Um, and he's not a name you hear a lot in a pretty wide open class, unless, you know, you listen to people really dig into this stuff. Uh, he's a fun one though. Do not sleep on him. He's, uh, rewatching their tight end long, right? You, yeah, he yeah. really pops, man. He really pops. I he's love fun, that. dude. I love that. Um, CSU a, fans are cringing right now, thinking of the prospects of Boston College being better the last couple of years now that <laughs> good old Daz is out of town. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll set a one. good foundation and then those who took over opened it up, right? Well, that, that, I mean, that happens a lot. It really does. Like before Jim McElwain, Steve Fairchild brought in seven or eight NFL players. He just wasn't a great head coach. He could bring in talent, he just couldn't lead it. And that's you know, certain coaches. Wasn't the knock on Adazio that he was consistently having like a bottom three recruiting class in the conference though? Yeah, that's the thing. Adazio doesn't have that going for him, at least on the surface, but he's like a big developmental guy. So a lot of guys that he's brought in are two, three-star guys and end up making it. So I don't know. He's just old school. His approach is outdated in my opinion, but um, I'm hoping for the best. I tell you, a lot of that offensive talent, though, that uh, Jake cited was brought in and at least exactly. in part developed by um, Adazio's staff, no doubt. Um, I'll go with my Xavier Thomas, edge out of Clemson, top recruit Ooh. two years ago, had big expectations for him coming um, into last year. And frankly, just a disastrous season for Thomas. Uh, COVID stuff didn't really play. When he did play, it wasn't against top opponents. Flash dominated. And look, we're seeing a trend here. Uh, weakest defensive tackle class I've studied in like eight years of doing this last year. This year, true defensive tackles, you don't see a bunch. But there are guys like Thomas, like Leal, who's already been mentioned, or even Hutchinson, who's already been mentioned, who have some versatility 
to be that stout defensive end on first and second down. And then when you go to more sub packages, be that five or three technique with the agility and length to really dominate guards. Um, if that's the matchup you hunt. And I think we're going to see a lot of this. And I think Thomas, because of that, just broad shoulder, you can put a lot of weight on him again, like premier talent with some like longtime pedigree dating back to his uh, recruiting days. He can stay healthy, be in a, you know, a, a healthy role. Um, he could, he could really, really explode and be a top 10 talent to me. And that's why he's ahead of Leal because I th- see more potential and dynamic upside. Do I think Leal at this juncture, definitely a safer prospect coming into the season. Henry, are you the only one missing here on our eighth prospect? I know I'm missing. Yeah, it must be. Um, I've got Desmond Ritter, uh, from Cincinnati. Nice. I, 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 uh, he's, he's experienced. He's, I mean, he checks all the boxes. I think I think that when you look at him, he's somebody who I feel comfortable putting up this high because we've seen it for a few years because he's been successful. And I think that on top of that, like the, the storylines are going to play out with Cincinnati winning a bunch of games, being ranked up near the top again. And I think there's going to be like a college football playoff fight, should they be in or not. And he's going to be at the center of all of that. Um, what, 57 touchdowns, 20 receptions career, um, plus a bunch of touchdowns on the ground. Just just a very modern quarterback who I think is going to fit well at the next level. And, you know, we, Andre, we talked about uh, the Bill Parcells rule a bit and how not many people really fit it mm-hmm. uh, in last year's class. And this is a guy that's definitely going to be a candidate who will end up being a four-year starter totally. once it's all said and done after this season. Totally. I like um... – I think Henry, you're probably being the the one siding with the safer prospects coming into this season. I'm maybe being the the one who's uh you know taking big hacks for home runs um the mm-hmm. most. And I think uh Jake and Justin fall maybe in between. Let's close this first segment out with seven. We're gonna keep track of how many different quarterbacks get mentioned because so far we've had <laughs> zero overlap, but we've had four or five quarterbacks: Rattler, BC, BC Cincy, and Jaden Daniels. Yeah, we're at four. We're at four, but That's mine's about to be five. So there you go. Oh, and I've got cool. two more myself who have not been mentioned. So. Same. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Got more on the way. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go oh, next, go I guess. Okay, go no, ahead. Yeah. Uh, for seven, I have another quarterback coming out of a small school. It's Carson Strong coming out of the University of Nevada. This is an offense that absolutely lit it up each of the last two seasons, but he's a guy that's just shown insane improvement. I mean, he threw for just under 3,000 yards, completed 71% of his passes, nine yards in attempt, 27 touchdowns, only four picks, QBR of 160.1. He, he just was a dude that produced at the, at the best level, throws a gorgeous deep ball. He had some really talented wide receivers. And again, you kind of got to take it with a grain of salt because they were torching some really mediocre Mountain West secondaries. But he's a guy much like Ritter. I just think he's, he's safe. He can run an offense. There's not a throw he can't make. And I think he's a guy that's really going to shoot up people's draft boards this year. Another guy that's hot as a freshman, right? Yep. Yeah, not not enough people talking about him, kind of like the BC kid um, and even the Cincy kid who's not getting as much, certainly not as much top 10 hype. But 
I like that. I mean, we've seen the Mountain West produce high-end quarterback prospects time and time again, and Strong's definitely the top candidate this season. All right, seventh prospects, fellas. Um, Jake, what else you got? Yeah, I've got a tight end out of Texas A&M, Jalen Watermeyer, a guy that was... When I watched A&M last year, I felt like I was kind of just searching for that skill position talent um, just because I knew... They have to have it, yeah. um, and it just didn't really pop except for Jalen Watermeyer, a guy that, you know, if he was eligible to come out this year, I think he would have been easily tied into behind Kyle Pitts. Um, yes. Just because not only was it a bit of a weaker tight end class, but I think Watermeyer is a really good prospect. Um, insane size and length, 6'5", 265. Uh, looked like a receiver out there at times. Um, so just really excited to see him. Um Who's going to play quarterback? I do not know, yeah. but they're going to have a nice big target to throw to in him. Hundred percent. Do you think he he would have gone first round? Had he been eligible this year? Oh man, it would have been close. Mm-hmm. He's he's real fun. I don't want to say he's like Pitts because that's just. I mean, Pitts was kind of generational, but he was. Every time I watched A and M and he was making plays, it was just like, all right, this is a dude. And. AM, one of the squads to watch coming into this season. Now, will they repeat the like undefeated regular season or I, I forget one lost regular season they one had loss, last yeah. year with a new QB? We'll see about that. But they're one of those teams. We'll be like every time we do the third segment during the season and we're previewing games, we're gonna do like eight to ten AM games um, yep. this year. It's gonna it's gonna be annoying after a while. Including one at the Broncos Stadium against CU, one thirty September eighteenth on Fox. Oh, nice! Going to be a slaughtering. That's a big hey, one, man. Hey, a big say one. what you want. Say what you want. We'll see what happens. Hey, I man, will you're say what I want. Playing Playing on the podcast, trust me. I will take every shot available. <laughs> yep. Oh boy. Um, I hope yeah. CU wins it honestly for Hank, yeah. just because it's oh, yeah. for content's sake, but. Give you our restore harmony yeah. to to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's the and, funny and thing the is week. Hank and I can do it, but we actually love each other and we don't it's like true. it's more just for friendly ribbing. It's true. Yeah. The next yeah. week though, they play Minnesota on the Pac 12 network, so nobody will see that. Isn't that great? Uh, How we is just that learned all these possible? A freaking Big Ten Pac 12 mm-hmm. matchup is gonna be on the Pac 12 network. Especially they after we were robbed of cross. Yesterday conference play last year you're not going to yeah, show any man. of this these interesting uh pack 12 cross conference games or what yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah my number seven though i've got malik willis mm. uh, this has been a three three quarterback run here for me but again i mean just just these electric quarterbacks and i think some of this maybe be me falling in love with these quarterbacks just like fatigue a little bit with the last class when you turn the page and start watching these guys it's like oh my goodness we've got all this coming up too um, but seriously, like you look and you, you, I mean, you hope that he's like Kyler Murray cause he's kind of in that mold, but obviously got some work to do coming out of Liberty to prove that you're way up there. Hmm. I, uh, I don't know. It's just, just electric and hit on the deep balls and it was efficient. One games looked good when he played the, the couple of decent teams they played last year. And that's really the big question. I haven't, I haven't looked at the schedule for Liberty this year if they play anybody, but Oh, yeah, I'm excited I mean, to watch. They got Hugh Freeze out there, so I think they are keeping it pretty, pretty lit, pretty copacetic. Um, 
All right, I'll go with my seventh, and I'm sticking with the QB theme, and it's Sam Howell. Um, I guess I've said this off air with you guys, but Sam Howell's a really interesting prospect. You watch that game against Miami where Javante Williams and Michael Carter just went off on a defense that actually had tons of pro talent on it. Um, and Sam Howell's dominating in that one as well. He's uh, really good on the deep ball. He's got a bit of that improvisation to his game. Um, he's got some of that ability to go off platform. He's a guy who started in the ACC for two years now and been a high-end producer, was a freshman All-American his first year, and certainly had a big, big season last year for North Carolina. He just leaves you wanting for more, um, extremely inconsistent at times, and a bit of a rough decision-maker. Um, that Florida State game will forever stand out in my mind, probably because I lost a ton of money on North Carolina in that one. So much money. Yeah. Um, and, you know, am I a big believer in Mac Brown? Not really, but we'll we'll see. North Carolina is another program on the up and up. I think that O-line will want to watch coming into this season as well. At his best, how really is Baker Mayfield with a bit more size and, to me, a bigger arm? Um, so that's saying a lot. He just needs to put it together the way Baker did in his final year at Oklahoma. But easier said than done when you've got Lincoln Riley in the Big 12 and all the talent Oklahoma has, rather than being North Carolina, who's still trying to kind of climb the ranks in the ACC. But Howell, very intrigued by him um, as a pro prospect. So he, he's definitely worthy of a top 10 mention for me. Swaggiest quarterback in this draft class. Like, dude just plays with a level of, of confidence that that's fun to watch. He's one of those words. I don't know if he's going to pan out, but I want him to, cause he's fun to watch. That's saying a lot because if there's one area, this class is superior than most classes in it's swag. It, it's totally. not stuff that actually yeah. matters, but it's a swaggy group right here. I mean, these guys think a lot of themselves. So, uh, it's a shame we don't have a college football video game because some of these, I mean, Jaden Daniels, you know, Malik Willis, all of these guys, yeah. like this would be the perfect time to have a college football video game. Incredible. Such fun teams. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Who are we missing? Right, are we going to do seventh? six or do we want to do the ad break first? Ad break, but everyone's given their seventh? Yep. Okay, yep. beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to close out our final sixes. It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $5 into 200 That's 40 to 1 odds on any basketball game. All you have to do is pick any team that is still in the hunt for the trophy, and if that team wins, you will receive $200 in free credits. That's right. Pick any team that is still in contention, bet $5, and if that team wins, you cash $200 in free credits. All it takes to claim these 40 to 1 odds on the basketball team of your choosing is placing a $5 bet on that team to win. Uh, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMBR when you sign up and turn $5 into $200 in free credits bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game and if they do you can claim two hundred dollars in free credits that's promo code dnbr for a limited time 
Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Wager paid out. Site credits. Uh, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also, we've had a couple of our coworkers here at DMVR head over to Green Mountain Dental to get the, their wisdom teeth out. Um, they, they had a little bit different experiences. Lindsay, everything was like nice and smooth. Uh, Allie wound up with some dry sockets, but that's not because of Green Mountain Dental Group. What she, she had to say, though, was that the way that they treated her when she was going through all of the horrible things that can sometimes happen um, when you uh, get your wisdom teeth out, uh, they, they really, really took care of her. Uh, they were on the phone with her every couple days, making sure everything's all right, making sure she had the medication she needed. Um, and, and they really did help her get through um, what was a pretty tough time. Um, Lindsay, on the other hand, a great experience. Uh, she said it was literally the best experience she's had with a dentist in her life. Um, they send birthday cards, they do all that kind of stuff to really show that they care about you. And you expect them to care because they're a family-owned dentistry uh, located in Lakewood, just 15 minutes away from downtown Denver. Um, they're huge Colorado sports fans. Um, we've had a bunch of our listeners actually switch over and, and make Green Mountain Dental Group their primary dentistry. Um, if, if you want to uh, check it out, you can schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam at Green Mountain Dental, and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. Uh, make sure that you tweet at us when you go there, tag us and them when you go there, and, and show them how this community can support our biggest supporters. You heard the man. Get in there. Get your teeth clean. It's, it's almost summer season. You got to have that pretty smile. It's true. No. I need yeah. to get in there. Especially after 2020 and we're finally shedding the mask, man. Time to let those teeth <laughs> out. Yeah. That's a phenomenal point right there. Um, you could have held off until now, but mm-hmm. it's kind of time yeah. to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to hide. Yeah, to let those curly whites <laughs> out, you know. Um, we have like two cars in my household. I've, I held off on renewing the sticker to the license on one of the cars because we barely ever drove it. Now, Time to renew it, and uh, don't do that, kids, because uh, that just in time for these gas prices to be absurd. <laughs> That's the other thing. I was like, wait, what's going on at the tank? No time, no time. We've got the six best prospects in college football right now, fellas. Um, again, we've I, I've enjoyed this tremendously. I think we're gonna have some real surprises. I'm going to be the boring one because this name's been made already. So I'll just go ahead. Aiden Hutchinson is my sixth prospect out of Michigan. You're really going off that sophomore tape that Jake mentioned because he only played three games. Um, I think like two whole games, right, Jake? Um, yeah, just the Minnesota and Michigan State game. That's all. He yeah, did. I think it to some extent, Leo, a much safer prospect who's right, you know, right in that honorable mention range for me. Um, but Hutchinson sophomore tape. There's some stuff that he does that reminds me of like Joey Bosa's freshman tape. Um, not quite as big, but that frame can fill out because he has length for days. And like Xavier Thomas, another guy who look in a class where we don't have great pure defensive tackles, the guy who I think could definitely play some five technique in a three, four front and be closer to the ball there and have a more direct route to the quarterback could really, really be a phenomenal um, player in, in all phases in the NFL. So I really like Hutchinson's upside. 
um, and kind of the premier trades that he brings to the table. And I expect a big, big year from him at Michigan, man. He's they've lost a lot of talent. He's kind of one of the few who are still left there. I had big, big expectations coming into this season, like Xavier Thomas. It didn't quite happen. We'll see if he can write that write that wrong this year and in more of a normal um, setting. I'm gonna have to dive into him if both of you guys are this high on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's impressive. No. Yeah, he didn't quite make my list, but he was one who was was right there. And at one point, I was like, "Oh, is he a top five? And I was like, "Ah." Uh, and then everybody just gets moved around a bunch. Well, who do you have at six, then, Hank? I had Keaton Slovis, uh, another Ooh. quarterback here, but, but the USC quarterback. And the thing is, I kind of broke these guys up into tiers. And the thing with Slovis, with like, he is not like Willis or Ritter or Daniels. No. But when you look at the frame that he has and the way he can throw the ball and some of the windows he hits, like the, the reason why he isn't just like somebody you say, yeah, that, that's going to be like the number one pick. Or if he's not the number one pick, it's because like Sam Howell's in front of him or whatever. The reason he is is because like the, the, the pocket awareness isn't quite there. Sometimes the awareness of like the defenders downfield isn't quite there. And, and those are things, though, that I, I think that you can you can look past just because he does have the talent. And I honestly, because he's a USC quarterback and he, you know, he kind of gets thrown up there in that way. I think that he is somebody who NFL teams are going to really, really like, and there's obviously flaws, but just the, the pure talent skill set for a pocket passer is what you want. Moves half decently too. Yeah. It's not bad. That's it's me. not bad at all. Just when you're talking about Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter and these guys, like right. I think, I think Keaton Slovis, the way he moves, that's kind of like the floor for quarterbacks as we right. keep Nowadays. moving forward. You just need to do that. Throw, you know, strong arm can throw it, zing it to the sideline. But you're right. Um, without some of the high end tape, he's he's somewhat reminiscent of Jameis Winston. Um, Jameis obviously, oh. you know, won a Natty yeah. and a Heisman as a true freshman or as a true sophomore, right? So like, Keaton hasn't hit those those highs but you just read a scouting report it'll read somewhat similarly um that's a nice one Hank. that's a nice one uh frankly i'm surprised you have them um, ranked ahead of Jaden daniels yeah it was you would have had them reversed it is tough the thing is like with daniels you just need to you need to see it more like yeah. like i guess both of them you could kind of make that case but like when you're looking back a couple of years to see like what Jaden Daniels put up like 400 yards against Oregon as an 18 year old true freshman. Like mm-hmm. that stuff is nice. But then last year you look through and it's like, you've had a couple of good games. You had a couple of bad games. Yeah. You only played four total games. Whereas Slovis went all the way through and won big games. It's, it's close though. I think it's close with all those guys. I have those four on the same tier. Jakester. A six. I've got Derek Stingley, mm. a guy that had a massive freshman season in 2019. And then, LSU as a whole obviously stepped back last year, but that defense really stepped back. So I think he's got something to prove. Um, You know, he's wearing that number seven jersey this year, kind of storied in that LSU program. So we'll be interesting to see if he's able to turn it around and kind of approach those 2019 highs because there was quite a bit of buzz about him being really good in 2019, and it just didn't really happen for him in 2020 uh, for multiple reasons, I think. But, I mean – you're in the SEC. You can't really hide at corner out there. So he's going to have his chances to, you know, really get his stock back to where it used to be. Gun to your head, him or Sertain? 
Sertan, Sertan, sorry. Ah, I need to <laughs> pronounce that right. Sertan the second, who the Broncos selected. I think well, I'm still going to go Sertan. I've, I'm really sound. getting excited. I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with that Behind the Broncos series on YouTube they've been mm-hmm. releasing, but that last episode they released really was getting me hyped about Sertan. I got to get yeah. into that. Um, yeah, I mean, once you dig into it, it's like I think too much has been made of the safest prospect stuff either because as we've said, he checks off every box, man. Like he's got insane size. He's got insane physicality, tackling ability, like his technique, the IQ, the way he's groomed and able to read routes. It's like next level shit that guys coming out of college just do not have, especially at that size, especially running four, three nines. Um, so yeah, no, no kidding. He's the safest prospect. Yeah, exactly. that's the box. Yeah. You <laughs> should be only a good thing. Safest prospect, like, like 10-year backup. That's going to be really fun. Like, um, So dumb. It's so dumb. Yeah. Safest prospect, that's one of, like, the 30 good things you say about him. Like, like it's not like totally, that's the totally, one thing where it's like, totally. oh, at least he's safe. It's like, no. On top of all the other great things, he is also safe. And that's why he probably should have been drafted earlier. But no, I bring him up. Ten. Oh, go ahead, Jimmy. I was going to say, not to take us too far off track, but that's kind of what they said about Chubb too, wasn't it? When they took him fifth overall, it was like, well, you're getting a guy with a really high floor that's going to just be a really good football player for you. And I mean, for sure, you can always use those guys. Yeah, I mean, almost broke the rookie record for sacks. Yes. Oh, God, safe, boring. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Give me somebody who can bust. That's what I (laughs) want. No, Bring Paxton back. What are yeah. we doing here? Where's Isaiah Wilson when you need him? Um, <laughs> Justin, you're batting. What's the four spot? Is that cleanup in baseball? That is cleanup. It is, yeah. I actually up. also have Derek Stingley Jr. at number six. Insane Whoa. ball skills. Freaky athlete. He's a guy that completes the play. Uh, again, you know, we, we got to see some consistency from him this season. Mm-hmm. But I think... When it's all said and done, it wouldn't surprise me if he was kind of the consensus cornerback one going into the draft class. I'm totally willing to give him a pass based on this year, um, not to spoil anything that's coming ahead. But I bring him up with Sertan because, like, both those dudes, it's like first game they ever played in college was like, whoa, that's a freshman? (laughs) Yikes. Like, mark him down on your name for the 2022 NFL. Like, there are a couple dudes you just know um, and what Justin brings up that ball production in that year as a true freshman, apples to apples, that's the only separator, the only thing you would put in Stingley's pro category in a head to head with Sertan. Sertan's going to win everything else. Ball skills, Stingley's got it. And if he can tap back into what was it, 14 pass deflections, six picks. Yeah, just insane production. And, you know, that's the undefeated LSU Tigers with maybe the toughest schedule in college football history. He faced Alabama, Tua, all those guys, four top 15 picks at wide receiver. You know, the whole deal, guys, Trevor Lawrence, all those, he took them all on, dominated. You can get back to that. Mm. Six was conservative, fellas. Six was conservative. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into five. Let's get into five. Reverse order of what we did. J-J-H-A. There you go. All right. Nice. I've, I've got another corner, yeah, actually. Thanks. And again, I don't like him Ooh. as much. Like, I don't like his ceiling Love as it. much as I like Derek Stingley. 
But I've got Kyir Elam out of Florida, who I think is just kind of a, again, I don't want to use safe as a negative connotation, but I just, I think he's so solid in man. I think you can move him around a little bit. He's a sure tackler. He's a guy who I just like a lot. And, and, and also, I will add, you know, with some of these guys, because there's such limited film out there, he's just a guy that I've seen play a lot, and I feel safe putting him in here because of that. I kind of thought this was coming when in Stingley you mentioned has the potential to end up being the top quarterback in the class. I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so what's that mean? Jake, I trust you as much as anyone on DB. So your thoughts on Elam and your fifth prospect. Um, Elam, I have to go back and watch a bit more, but I mean, obviously you got the bloodlines, um, with the brother and everything. So that's already checking a box for me. Um, and then five, I've got, this might be a bit low because I think when it's all said and done, this guy might be like a top two or top pick in the draft. Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon, a guy oh. that was really dominant last year in flashes. Um, was it, he was a number one overall recruit, wasn't he? So he was. I mean, he's he's checking off all the boxes as he goes. Yeah. Um, once we see him play twelve ish games from him and just seeing what he could actually put together in a season. Um, I'm really excited for him again, maybe a bit low, um, but we'll, we'll get into it. I, if five and six for Jake are Thibodeau Stingley, I cannot wait to hear your talk. (laughs) (laughs) How do you go up from here? I need to like fast forward to the rest of the pod. Um, Henry, what you got, man? What's the, the, the first one in your top five? This is big, big time stuff now. My number five is Kyle Hamilton, safety from Notre Dame. Mm. Just so long, so fast, the way he can get in the backfield. I mean, he's just one of those diverse like defenders who can do so many different things. I think if you wanted him to just play like free safety, I think he could do it. If you want him to be going downfield and hitting guys, like he can do that as well. I just look at his game and honestly, like the one thing I worry about is just like his build. Like, it's just so weird to see somebody who's just, like, so long and kind of narrow in the box, but he's just a playmaker. He's a playmaker, and I think that because of that, that that position just becomes more and more valuable and is becoming more valuable, and he plays it very well. Only shifty. Like, he's a lanky guy, but it's not at the detriment of his lateral quickness. He's a guy that changes direction well. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he plays the ball well. Like you said, he's versatile. I have him coming up in my list as well, but just an absolute stud. It's interesting. They've kind of done this where they had Drew Tranquil and JOK, who both kind of filled the rover versatile safety. Then JOK comes into more of that rover role, and uh, Hamilton kind of became more, you know, and now I think Hamilton's going to be more of that rover, and we might see him being utilized a bit more more of that guy around the line of scrimmage and it's going to be really interesting um i'm like i'm now like burnt by those versatile guys so he's not in my top yeah five, but i totally that's get fair it. very excited to watch him this year all right number five my qb1 malik willis um big fan of his love that offense love the running ability and the arm strength certainly some inconsistencies um but look, he played well, and that offense is exciting and translates. Um, we're seeing some good accuracy. I think he does have that, like, knowing where to take 
what uh, you know what presents itself. I, I'll be very intrigued this year to see his ultimate ceiling. Um, and you know, you I'm glad mentioned- you brought him up. There's like a three game stretch for Liberty to close the season where they go, they play at Ole Miss. Yep. They host Louisiana Lafayette, who's been a top 25 team yes. each of the last three years, and then they host Army. So at that point, you know, they should probably be undefeated going into that game, depending on what happens uh, with their game at Syracuse. Mm-hmm. But this is going to be a team that could be in that, you know, contention for the for the G5 spot in the Fiesta Bowl. A hundred percent. Not a bad schedule. No, not, not at bad all. at all. And they play Syracuse, obviously, an ACC team earlier in the year, too. Um, and Syracuse, they got a big win on them last year. Um, and they also beat Virginia Tech. I mean, you know, they, they played Coastal Carolina as well. They only had one loss to North Carolina State. So for Liberty, that's a big deal, man. And you want to compare these schedules, apples to apples, you can say the schedule is as good as Zach Wilson's from last year. I mean, just straight up. Um, As a passer, we need to see him be groomed a little more than Zach Wilson. But man, those traits have me excited. So uh, that's why he's my fifth prospect. We're going to close this segment out with the fourth, and then we're getting into top threes. I'm sorry, fellas, but I got to start with Jake. Jake, lay it on me. What you got in your bag now? So I I guess I went kind of selfish here. Like my first four guys were just guys that I think are going to be my favorites. So that's why I had them up here. So that's why I kind of dropped uh, Thibodeau, Stingley, uh, Hutchinson Uh down a bit. Number four, I've got Isaiah Spiller, the running back out of Texas A&M. A guy that if he was in this class, I think he definitely would have pushed for that Najee ETN draftable area uh, back into the first round. Um, just a special guy when he has the ball in his hands. He's really physical, can really move laterally. Just very impressive to watch. Uh, would like to see the receiving side of his game fleshed out a bit more. Yeah, But... Um, we don't really know, obviously Kelamond isn't there, so we don't really know what's going to happen at quarterback. You do have Wattemeyer, but the talent outside has been a bit lackluster for AM. So I really think that Spiller's in for a big year to really carry this team. And, uh, I can imagine this team could probably goes as far as he will carry them. AM man, two in your top 10, one in Hank's top yep. 10. Hmm. Are we, Jimbo. are we seeing the value of the running back? increase again just with so many talented wide receivers coming out is the value of a guy like a spiller like a Najee harris gonna be greater you think in 2022 than it would have been in you know 2017 when uh, they can catch the ball yeah i yes. think i think when That's they the can key. catch the ball yes when they can't then no to me I, yeah a hundred percent to me that is the key sim so in the advent of more sub-package defenses, I think what we're seeing, the offensive counter, has been versatile tight ends and versatile running backs because that's how you counter it. Um, when those guys have better size or more dynamic traits than the poor like third safety that has to cover them or be faced one-on-one in the box with having to tackle them, you just won. So yeah, no, I, 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 and that's where Spiller, if he can have a big receiving year, Jake will look like a genius. If he has a mediocre receiving year, he's probably going to be drafted closer to that Javante Williams range, right? Um, yeah, this is going to be really intriguing. But 
Jimbo, Jimbo has the pieces to do that modern football counter we just mentioned. Tight end, running back, that are studs. So it's good. He did it at really Florida State. State. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we saw what he did with Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook. You know, mm-hmm. he he can put the pieces in place. Chris totally. Thompson went to Florida State too. Yeah, good point. Dalvin Cook's kind of a great like model to follow for sport, yeah. If you ask me, uh, that's that's a great one, Justin. Uh, Hankster number four. I've got Stingley here. We've mm-hmm. talked about him. I mean, basically, yeah. like he's a he's a great athlete who's long and athletic, and he's he's done what you could have asked him to do. I um, I don't really have much more to add than what you guys had to say. No, love it. Um, my Position first value is Adam Anderson out of Rome, Georgia, top prospect. The guy who had six hurries alone against Auburn last year. Um, only played in spot minutes because they are so deep on that front at Georgia, but the kid is super long, super bendy, some elite flashes. And I think the sky's the limit. Like if he was just playing more consistently, um, yeah, my top edge rusher last year was, um, Ojulari, who of course, you know, the entry stuff came in late, so that didn't impact him as much as some of the other, um, edges. So there's an asterisk on that. To me, Anderson's always been the higher trait guy. I said that in multiple episodes during the season last year. I just think the guy's going to explode, and I'm I'm actually kind of saddened that I'm not the only one that's this high on Anderson. I've seen some hot take PFF has had, which, God, they're the worst, man. Like, bro, <laughs> man. For Don't guys that supposedly love football, they're the least, like, as a football fan, they just make content that I just, I, I don't want to consume it. I just don't. The- it's terrible. It's just, I know they're mixing like their supposedly like scientific rankings with clickbait takes. Like yeah. those two things do not work together. You yeah. got to pick one. They're getting called out on it. Somebody the other day, I was former player was like, this ain't it. Cause basically just being like, yeah. supposedly these are numbers. And then they'll like share a post, like a meme of Ben Roethlisberger, not being able to throw the deep ball. And it was like, according to your own <laughs> metrics, he was a top five deep ball passing quarterback last year. So what is it? Yep. Their Twitter brand has been incredibly annoying. Um, but anyways, beyond that, there's other people on draft Twitter that are high on him. Like the pedigree's just there. Uh so yeah, really high on his upside and he closes it out. Just Georgia, another team that's Ooh, like yes. in for a big year. JT Daniels finally getting settled in. Um just I feel like they have an opportunity for them, right? Um, Alabama, you know, in transition a little bit, Clemson, a little bit in transition too. Yep. If Georgia can really pick it up, I think they're a big CFP contender. So mirror white, um, yep. two D tackles that I've got on my list. What really sucks about Georgia is the George Pickens injury, right? Yeah. Pickens almost certainly would have been in my top 10, if not for an ACL, what within the last month, which just sucks. Um, mm-hmm. I just wonder I, what type of cannibalization we're going to get in the SEC mm, next year because it'll be fun. I don't know if there's going to like they're all going to be so good, but I don't know if anybody's going to be able to run the table in that slate or even you know have one loss. Like I think it's going to be a situation where there's like a bunch of nine and three, ten and two type teams, and everybody's going to be going for that one spot. Maybe good for the Pac-12 and the Big Ten in terms of you know getting some playoff teams in. Yeah, a team like Ole Miss could really break some hearts next year. Totally. Like there's so many teams that are Auburn who I hate to death. I think, you know, they're a sneaky upset team. You yep. mentioned Georgia. AM should be good. There's just 
there's a lot of intriguing teams this year. That's why I think Clemson should be the natty favorite as the team that's bringing back a quarterback and stuff like that. Obviously, some very strong recruiting classes for Dabo the last couple of years. Um, Justin, we still haven't got your fourth? Yeah, here's um, I'll close this one out, and then we'll go into the top three after the break. I've got uh, Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamm- oh. Hamilton, who Hank talked about a little bit. He might be my favorite player to watch in terms of just pulling up games and being like, man, this dude flies all over the field. I love his versatility. I think he's great in cut coverage. I think you can put him on tight ends. I think you can drop him in the box. He's physical enough. Again, kind of weird with his body type. You, you know, is that going to translate to the next level? But I just, he's a guy who I feel pretty good about. Love it. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with our rivaling top threes. Honest question. Oh, it's 2021. Why haven't you trimmed your ball hair yet? Mm. Hey, you. Yeah, you. You definitely do. Oh, you definitely do. Oh, yeah, that's the line. <laughs> Got Bush? You definitely do. If you haven't tried the there best products from our sponsor today, oh. Manscaped. After using these life-changing products, you're going to want to join a ball sack beauty contest. I'm looking out for you because I have an exclusive 20% off discount code for manscaped.com. And that code is DNVR. Uh, the perfect package, or you should get the perfect package 3.0 kit. Um, actually, I wonder with the lawnmower 4.0 out, if there's a new 4.0. I was actually in uh, in Target a couple days ago. They yeah. had like four different Manscaped packages. And you could buy like the individual products too, but it was actually kind of cool to see Manscaped stuff everywhere. And I was on the phone with my mom too, while I was walking through Target and like I wanted to tell her, but at the same time, like there's a lot of people around in Target and I wasn't just right. gonna say like, guess what mom? They have Manscaped products here. Oh, deodorant. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Score. Mom, they have the proper server. But I, you just can't say that kind of stuff in a target with people around because they don't understand the context of why i'm so excited um the context being that i really 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 love all their products um i'm in the middle of a move here's another fun story there's like obviously when you're moving there's like boxes of things that aren't going to get opened for a long time there's boxes that you know that you're going to need right away the lawnmower 4.0 in one of those boxes that is already open already been used and so are the rest of those Manscaped products. Um, the Crop Preserver Ball deodorant, it's so good. Uh, it helps you make sure your balls look smelling majestic before your Tinder date. Uh, the Crop Reviver Ball Toner, the spray-on testy toner that's designed to make your balls smell irresistible. Uh, who could turn down either of those products? Um, again, with the Perfect Package or the Performance Package, uh, you get two free gifts on top of a bunch of these other products. Uh, a travel bag that's worth an additional $39 value. Um, and then the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped boxers. Uh, you can get, again, 20% off and free shipping with the code DMDR at manscaped.com. Uh, do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for your bush trimming experience. Also, definitely order it online. We're happy they're in Target, but order it yeah. online. Use that code DNVR. Supporting our partners is a way to support us. Uh, congrats on the beauty contest balls, Hank. Let's yep. move into the top three. And I, I want to hear what Jake has. Like at this point, I think Jake has us all on the edge of our seats with where he's going to go with this. So just take it. So I've got Spencer Rattler at three, a guy that we, we talked about him a little bit already. Um, but last year was just kind of 
eh, for me when it's all said and done. Yeah. And Rattler was a guy that was a very highly touted recruit. Yep. Um, probably would have started in 2019 as a true freshman if Jalen Hurts didn't transfer into the program. Totally. So, you know, first year starter, uh, whatever, you know, kind of like give him a pass last year, but that Kansas State game where he was just like throwing YOLO balls and had three picks and they ended up losing that game early in the year. That kind of left a bad taste in my mouth, but he really kind of performed nicely as the year went on. I mean, the bowl game against Florida, he let him up. Um, you know, the Patrick Mahomes comps, people have said, obviously not exactly there yet, but you can see it with the play style. Uh, just very excited to watch him play. Yeah, different size as well, but um, the principal guys on the crew, like Rattler, Hank, what do we make of this? Uh, Rattler is still to come on my list. Oh, uh, I like geez. him. I, I, I like him. Uh, he's he's fast. He uh, he has a big arm. He's, he's fun to watch. He's just like electric. You watch him out there. He's like even through traffic, like getting play angles to throw balls in. Like again. Still a lot to clean up, but in terms of like the tools and some of those sentences, like I'm, I'm hyped to watch him. I'm really hyped to watch. Yeah, him. it'll be fun. It'll be fun. There's I hate actually... his game. I hate his game so much. <laughs> There's little, you. You had him ranked highly too. I, you're the I know, but it's because of the, it's the physical tools. You don't like. You see something like that. It's like if he puts it together, and I conceded. 2020 was a weird year. You know, I'll I'll give him the break. First year starter, all that, but I don't know. I feel like he's one of those dudes that's either he's going to make a lot of people look really smart or really dumb. And I feel like the the bust potential on him is pretty high as of right now. Sounds like Pat Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. Fair point. Fair point. Fair enough. Um, go ahead, Justin. Number three. Guy who probably also has pretty decent bust potential, but he's my quarterback one as of now. Sam Howell, North Carolina. Love his arm talent. I love his ability to improvise. It's kind of a lazy comparison at this point because Dre's already made it, but I see a lot of Baker Mayfield in his game. I see the way that he leads that team. I like the attitude that he plays with. I worry about his accuracy a little bit. Again, like he throws the deep ball so well between the six, I worry about it a little bit, but I don't know. He's a guy who I think this year is probably going to confirm confirm himself as you know one of the top two QBs coming out. Yep. I also have Sam Howell at number three here for, for the same reasons. I, he's, he's basically Baker Mayfield, and I don't, I don't like that, that he's short, but Baker makes it work. Um, yeah, you watch him. He, he has, he's great getting out of the pocket um, when he's able to get around the edge or even like inside the tackle. He has good senses for like where the offensive line is, where the gap in the pocket is, where he can get out. And and find himself somewhere to throw the ball. I there's a lot to like. There's a lot to like. For some reason, though, I just don't get excited about him. And I don't know what it is. But even like going back to watching him last year, like there's just I don't know. I I wish I I'll find the words at some point during the season. But right now, there's just like this vibe I get where it's like eh, kind of boring. And maybe it's just because so many of these other quarterbacks are just crazy. You know, he's a bit of a. Uh, I've described Ryan Tannehill in his renaissance um, with the Titans as a bit of a dunks and threes kind of quarterback. So he's either going to yeah. like keep the RPOs or like do stuff on the run, or he's just going to take like deep shots off play action. Howell kind of feels that way. 
like a that's bit, a maybe that's what it is yeah you need to work a little more of the intermediate there um exactly so we've got jake we've got hank justin you're up next yeah see uh, i had howl as well oh that's right that's right that's right okay perfect we jump to number two then Oh, no, I need to give my third. My third, is, <laughs> my third is Evan Neal, who's already been mentioned. Um, <laughs> consensus top offensive tackle. Basically, if you're the starting right tackle at Alabama and you're slated to then shift at left tackle, history tells us in the Saban era, that means you're a top 20 pick. Um, Neal is absolutely massive with incredible feet. To where at 6'7", 250, I think he could fit in a zone-blocking scheme. Um, plays with some really outstanding balance, like really nice uh, knee bender. Not a guy who looks sloppy or like will, will square himself up, isn't leaning too far forward or what have you. I would like to see him a little more um, upright in pass pro so that he can take Use advantage that frame. of his yeah. length. Exactly. Um, he, he honestly plays like he plays like one of these uh 33 inch arms offensive tackles a lot of the time. Um, more like boxy get into you than use that length to keep you at bay at, on the perimeter, kind of when you're faced on an island uh, against the guy coming out wide nine. But there's a ton of upside if that's all you have to fix. I mean, sign me up. Shit. Um, so yeah, I, I love a guy with like basically Mackay Becton size who plays like a guard. Um, I dropped him a little bit just because he hasn't started at left tackle yet. I had him at three mm -hmm. before we started the podcast and I ended up dropping him down to like six. I think it was six or seven, but it's going to be a big year. And I know you said you're not high on this offensive tackle class. I'm extremely intrigued by like a ton of dudes. It's just, they all have some questions to answer. And even Neil, who's the safest of the bunch is, is making a position switch. And that's going to be huge with a new quarterback and all that. So, yeah. Um, twos. Twos. Uh, I'm going to be the most boring because all three have been said already, but it's Derek Stingley for me. Again, I'm giving him a pass for last year and that terrible LSU everything. Um, and yeah, like when a guy has all those traits and that kind of ball production, I'm, I'm just, I'm very intrigued and I'm willing to give him a pass on last year and see what he does this year. And I think if he puts, puts it all together and taps back into what he was as a freshman, he's definitely a top five pick of this draft, no matter who rises up around him. So just a safe pick to some extent. Um, I got Rattler. That's another boring one we've talked about. Yeah. My top quarterback. Yeah. I really wait like about him the most. Value, is it just way. his traits? Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's a fair way to put it. I, I also like you see the traits on tape though. Like like the deep balls that he hits are a lot of fun. Some of them into pretty tight windows. Um and that's the stuff that really gets me excited. From there it's the mobility. Um yeah. Uh, yeah. The the two things I think teams are really looking for in quarterbacks right now. Plenty of NFL tools, no doubt. Um yep. Jake, go ahead. So if you'll allow me to cheat a little bit, at number two, I put Chris Olave slash Garrett Wilson just because Damn I think it. that that competition between the two of them is going to be extremely fascinating. Also, just Ohio State's quarterback situation um, coming into 21 is going to be very interesting because Quinn Ewers was a massive prospect um, that flipped. I think he was committed to Texas and then flipped to Ohio State late in the process. 24-7 um, sports, the recruiting site, 
gave him a perfect 1.0 composite score. Um, only other guys I think they have rated that high were Jadevian Clowney, Robert Kamdiche, Rashawn Gary, Vince Young, and Ernie Sims since 2000. So oh. some very prestigious company. Um, and I just want to see the battle between Olave and Wilson with whoever it is at quarterback, honestly. Um, just because I think that those, you know, the you think about A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, those teammates that are just dominant on the outside and just watching them kind of compete against each other uh, while being on the same team is always one of my favorite parts of college football. So hmm. I also have Olave at number two. Sorry, um, Justin. So not super exciting. You stole Stingley for me at six. Now you stole Olavia too, but he's a baller. I mean, Dude. smooth hands, yeah. uh, runs really, really crisp routes, deceptively explosive. Like he's, I think he's a lot faster than people think, and that's why he's able to torch so many corners. He's a guy where if he would have came out last year, I think he would have been in, at least in the conversation for top three wide receiver, probably would have been four just behind those other guys. But for me, He's the clear one. I do think Wilson is really, really good. I think he's more dynamic. But I just think with what Olave, Olave does, he's so savvy. He's one of those dudes that re, that plays well within the flow of the offense. He uses space well. When the quarterback gets out of the pocket, he's a guy that'll come back to you, find a way to make a play. And there's always just a place on the field for receivers that are that crisp, that intelligent, and that consistent. Not bad. Um, Stingley for me. Uh, oh yeah, I said that already. Uh, yeah, number ones. We're at ones. Henry, you gave our t- your two. Yep. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I, I actually this is gonna be super boring, except for Jake. Yes. Yeah. Is it Thibodeau for us all three? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, and neither of none of us have said Thibodeau so far, so I assume. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, the way he played against Elijah Vera Tucker to close out the season, you know, the the fact that he has been a starter and high-end player since his time stepping onto a court as a freshman, um, all that plays big into this. I will say, right now, even though he's my top prospect, I don't think he would qualify for a first-round grade with the fact that you know, he's he hasn't played enough and the production has spiked at points, but doesn't totally warrant it. And Henry, are those raw tools like that super duper high end for him to be a rule breaker for me? Like, does he have I elite so. size? Does he have elite bend? He has really good size, really good bend, really good power. And he's so strong. It's uh, so strong. And that's what I go back to. Like, I look at him as like a, a better, better Bradley Chubb. And, and you know, mm. Like a more six, dynamic Bradley Chubb. Yeah, I think that'd be a good way to put it. But yeah, I think uh, 6'5", 250, you look at that and you're like, can he really be like that big, that powerful? Then you remember, he's 19 years old. Like, like he, he's still putting on weight. He's still growing to his frame. He had nine sacks as a true freshman. Like, yeah. the, the production to me is there. The, yeah. the traits yeah. are there. Watching him on tape, the eye test is absolutely there. He's just mauling guys. And sure, maybe he he can't get away with that at the next level, and that could be a question. But I just uh, he feels he feels like the safest prospect to me. Um, at a premium, that's a good spot. thing. Again, that's a good thing. And again, the reason why he's number one, like you said, it's it's a position of value. If you're that good at that position, it, unless there's a star quarterback, and to me, Rattler isn't that guy. Howell isn't that guy. It's got to be Kayvon Thibodeau. And I think he's coachable. You know what I mean? A lot of that. 
like you said, is just raw traits that he's born with. So he's 19 years old. They can teach him how to use his hands better, get a little bit more versatile when it comes to attacking some of these elite tackles. But he's just a quarterback killer. He's a dude where it, it seems like he can just kind of flip that switch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're just like, good mm-hmm. luck, man. Because he, he's going for three sacks tonight. Yeah, I guess had I known about the Ojulari injury, even with what I said about the first round grade, which whatever, Hank just talked me into it. Um, he nice. would have been the top ranked edge rusher coming into this, uh, even in 2021. Absolutely. And for me, that's the only prospect I can say that about. Because again, we had the Sertan Stingley conversation, um, certainly not even a conversation with any of the tackles, quarterbacks. Um, Maybe, uh, yeah. Wide yeah. receivers, obviously. Um, it's why the Spiller pick's an interesting one by you, because there maybe you do have a conversation. But again, these guys have one less year of tape. So, of course, that's the case at this point. All right, yeah. well, we had the consensus with Thibodeau. What you got up your sleeve now, Jake? What what you got here for us at <laughs> one, huh? Number one, I mean, we've already talked about him. I've kind of saved my two cents about him, but... Sam Howell is my most anticipated player for the reasons you guys mentioned, obviously a bit inconsistent at times, you know, uh, I always think it's interesting when you go through the season, you think very highly of a guy and then you go back and you watch him or not necessarily even watch him. Um, In this instance, you went back and watched all the running backs, of course, and the wide receivers and just kind of evaluating how through that context um, and I was just a bit underwhelmed, I would say, uh, after I kind of went back and watched Howell in 2020. Um, but for that reason, I'm most excited to see him because he loses his top two running backs, his top two wide receivers. Yep. We're going to learn a lot about Sam Howell this year. And if he's actually, uh, you know, move the sticks, they talk about tractors and trailers with quarterbacks. You know, if he's a tractor a guy that can actually pull the load and really elevate his team, or if he was a product of the talent around him, um, which is why I think he's an interesting case because of that. I mean, the YOLO balls at times, we already mentioned, um, you know, Diami Brown kind of bailed him out at times. And when you can just kind of check it down to Carter and Williams in the backfield, your life's kind of made easy or just hand it off to them. And they're already running for seven, eight yards of pop all the time. Um, but we're going to learn a lot about Sam Howell just yeah. because I, I don't want to say North Carolina kind of missed their chance last year, but it feels like they kind of did, uh, with that slip up to Florida state, you know, they lost to Virginia also. Um, so just can Sam Howell bring North Carolina back to a redemption tour? Yeah. Not only those heights, but can he surpass those heights in 2021? Not going to have those two backs to lean on. Yep. It would appear maybe we're somewhat higher on the quarterbacks than we thought on this 2020 class. There's at least a lot of intrigue. Yeah. Well, I think it's just the value. you got to factor in the positional value. Like when we totally. talked about Thibodeau and why he's won because he plays edge, we know that at least you know two or three quarterbacks are going to be in the conversation for that top 10 because that's just the way it always seems to go now. I think it's just trying to throw some darts at the board and hope you hit a bullseye. Through a lot of darts. For sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think this is an exciting class. Like, like Malik Willis better than Justin Fields. 
not right now, but after another season, you know, it's tough to compare those two because of the level of play and all that kind of stuff. But you could absolutely see that happening. If he develops just a little bit more as a passer, you know, Desmond Ritter, another one. Like when we talk about those five guys last year, yes, it was a good quarterback class. This year's class, though, there's a lot of guys who I am very excited about. Well, and I've heard Trent Dilfer, who runs a lot of those elite um you elite know, 11 stuff. Yeah, elite 11 quarterback camps for the top high school guys. And he said, like, this isn't letting up. They're just no. all these quarter, they're just coming, yeah. man. They're coming down the road because these guys just have more resources. The game's changing to be more advantageous for quarterbacks. We're putting the best athletes on the teams back at the quarterback position, similar to the shortstop position in baseball. Um, like they're coming, man. This the the talent pool isn't just going to lighten up. Um, it, it, it's just. Do you think like George that. Payton had that in the back of his mind? Who knows? I mean, Definitely with a with role. a six year contract, right? He's he's probably felt less urgent, and that's a guy coming from a front office that you know they were able to make some trades, they were able to make free agent signings, they were able to draft guys. So you're not locked into one way or the highway. There are a lot of options. You know? That, and that's anytime you want to be, you want to have freedom, remind yourself of that. The options are plenty. So there you go, fellas. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. I think we're all that much more excited about the upcoming college football season and this upcoming draft class. What a treat, fellas. Uh, oh, wait, a- before we go, Heisman odds, throw them out there just so we can kind of oh, yeah. keep track with it as we go throughout the offseason. Yeah, well, what's interesting is that um, it's not a lot of the guys we talked about. Rattler, favorite at plus 300, then Bryce Young, the quarterback at Alabama, plus 400. Mm-hmm. DJ Ugalele, the um, Clemson quarterback, plus 650. Then it's Sam Howell, Derek King. JT Daniels, Jaden Daniels, Heaton Slovis, um, and you know, a lot of QB love, which is like it's a QB, QB award, but all QB love, yeah. Derek King is very interesting, not only just because he's coming off the ACL, but I mean, really we talked nice. about it before. He is tiny, but he's so fun. I he's love so Derek fun. King. I think the ACC between Howell and Clemson getting back up, Miami with Derrick King, there's going to be some fun stuff going on over the Atlantic Coastal Conference. ACC was a lot of fun in 2020. It's true. It's true, for sure. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Thank you all, fellas. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.